0: Welcome to the bonus podcast QA. These are the ones I post on iTunes and Spotify, but a lot of requests to put them on YouTube. If you like them, let me know. I have a lot to post. Let's get to the first question. The first question is from Santiago. Santiago says, Hey Phil, on a recent live video, you mentioned all five watt tube amps are not full class A. I just want to verify on three. He's picked out three. He says, cause he's saving up for his first tube amp and he doesn't want to be misled. So Santiago, let me explain something to you real fast so you are very clear with what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about tube amps, Class A and Class AB, a lot of times what I was referencing in the live show was hybrid amps or amps that are not true uh, tube amps in the sense that all the sound is coming from the tubes. Now that, I don't want to make you think that that's a bad thing. I was just explaining that. I like the Fender Super Champ. It's a hybrid amp, the new one. And so it's it's a great amp. I Love the amp, but it is a hybrid of sorts of tube amps, it has some digital technology, some tube technology. That's not necessarily bad. Now, I want to give you a quick reference of class A and Class A B. And this is for you tube junkies out there, you guys are really into tube amps and stuff, uh, you might want to just ignore what I'm gonna say because it's not gonna make sense to you, and you probably will have uh, some problems with it. But I think to the laymans, I think it'll make a lot of sense. Class A tube amps. Are essentially amps that are usually 18 watts and below, like the Marshall 1974 is a hand-wired Class A amp, and uh, usually it's one watt to 18 watts in Class A. And a Class A amp, to me, when I, uh, besides how it's technically built, what it means to me as a player is when I hit the note or when I strum a chord, uh, it's instantaneous. The tubes are already hot, everything's ready to go, and it just, it's like there, it's like the car is not idling; it's just always going. So, so when you go, you just go, right? Class A, B is kind of like when you play, it's great. And then you stop. When you hit that first note, there's like a little bit of a, uh, a bit microsecond of hesitation before you fill the ramp up. It doesn't really, it doesn't really, it's not interacting with you the exact same way. Is that a big deal? I haven't found almost no big deal out of this. Uh, so uh, that's, that's something to be aware of. I, I I find it's not a big deal. A lot of thing about class A's too, is a lot of people like class A lower watch two amps, lower wattage two amps, cause they like to crank them. But the amps he's presented to us are these, the Randall RD5 Diablo. uh, Diablo with a V, like Victor, not like B, like Bravo. And, uh, which is funny, because I think Diablo is the devil, right? Uh, Well, I think El Diablo is the devil. Diablo is the devil in Spanish, but I don't know what Diablo is. Maybe it's the female devil? Not sure. Anyways, uh, so Diablo 5-watt head, it's okay. It's a one trick pony to me, but it's a good amp. I've I've tried it before, I really liked it. The next is the VHT Special 6 Ultra 6-watt hand-wired. Um, it's a good amp. I like that amp. It's uh, a, I liked it with some pedals in front of it. I liked it turned up a little bit. It sounded pretty good. The last is the PV Valve King 2 Micro 20 Watt. Now, interesting enough, if you were to ask me, what is the least tube amp of these three? I would say the PV. It has digital reverb in it. It has tubes. It has two power tubes and three preamp tubes. However, you know, the distortion has a little bit of a, maybe like a solid state push in it or something like that, right? There's just a little bit of tone. Now it could be all tube. It could be legit. I haven't taken a part I looked, but when I had it, I really liked it. I got rid of it though, to get the classic. Uh, that's the one I end up liking the more, the more, the PV classic 20, but of the class of the PV of those two amps, I like the classic 20 more than the valve King. In fact, in order, I like the the classic 20, then the uh, 65 or 520, and then the Valve King. So it was my least favorite of those three amps. But of these three amps, it's my favorite amp of those three. If I was going to pick one, it takes pedals well, it sounds good, um, and that's what I would pick. Ironically, I think it's the most expensive. I think the Randall's about 350, uh, and the uh, VHT is probably about 400 bucks, and then the PV is about 500 bucks. Um, but you could probably score a really good deal on a used PV. For a couple, three hundred bucks maybe, two hundred bucks, I don't know. Um, but that's my suggestions for those. And I still like the Fender Super Champ X, uh, XT more than these. I think it's XT or XL, whatever. It's the new Super Champ. I like that one. X2, sorry, Super Champ X2. I like that one more than these three. And it's again, it's a hybrid amp. Um, so for whatever that's worth, there you go, Santiago. I hope that got some use out of that question. Uh, let's go to the next question. This next question is from Dan. Dan says, hey, Phil, my name is Dan. That's cool. So, you know, he he, he said his name is Dan, but I just saw the name Dan at the top. Uh, I just started learning guitar at 45 years of age. Very cool. And I bought an Ibanez Geo Series guitar. It's a GRX70QA. And, uh, to be specific, which I appreciate that, especially since Ibanez loves all those letters and numbers, uh, since I was wondering if I had, if you had an opinion on this guitar, uh uh-huh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an Ibanez guy, I like it, uh, the Geo series is pretty cool stuff, the one you picked out is pretty cool, I like that it has a nice quilted top, so very cool. Very, especially if you're just getting into guitar, it's a very, very cool guitar. It could think about, think of this. All these beginner guitars now could take you your whole life. You could play your, these guitars your whole life. That's how good they are. So you're fine. Uh, and it says, I was wondering if I had, if you had an opinion on this guitar. Oh yeah, I already said that. Uh, and any possible mods that you would recommend yourself. He says, I changed the strings to Daddario, uh, EXL 110s, which are 10 to 46. And, uh, I installed some hip shot grip lock locking tuners, uh, which are cool. I obviously those are my, some of my favorite locking tuners for sure. And uh, I think it's going to make a ma- massive difference to how fast you string stream the guitar, the accuracy of the tuning, because those uh, really nice gear ratios on those. Uh, so he goes, um, I want to get your view on this as possible. Well, I think you, I think you did the hard part. I think you did the tuning keys, changing the strings was smart, of course, but the tuning key is a big deal. Maybe the nut next, you know what I mean? Maybe, but again, Don't overthink this, don't overthink this. Um, So uh, basically, if if you're learning guitar, focus on that. You know what I mean? If you want to mod the guitars, because that's also part of the joy of the product you want to do, or the projects you want to do, go ahead and start modding the guitar. Do that stuff as well. But right now, focus on the practicing, the playing, that is gonna pay more dividends than the modding of the guitars, okay? Uh, The things that'll hold you back on the guitar are not as important as just the hours of practice you give. So so you're doing fine, great guitar, great mod choices. Uh, And like I said, I wouldn't worry about pickups or anything right now. Like I said, if you wanna do the nut next, that's something I would recommend, especially if you wanna learn how to do that stuff, great way to do that. Uh, And it's very specific on the nut. The great thing about that is take off the old nut, make a new nut, and work with it. And if you mess it up, just put the old one back. Super easy. Okay. Uh, now next, well, he's got more. He says, I also joined a website called jamplay.com for lessons. Seems to be going well so far. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me take a drink. All right. Throat is going dry. says, but I was wondering if you heard anything about this particular website. Only what I've seen. I've seen ads. I've seen things on social uh, media and stuff. Um, I've heard I've heard good things. No, no, I haven't heard any bad things for sure. Uh, it says have you heard anything particular on the site? Uh, it says others. Uh, or are there are there others you would recommend? Your input would be greatly appreciated. I've been watching your YouTube videos, and you seem like a guy to ask. Dan, that's because I start my email with "Ask No Your Gear." See, that's the that's the uh, marketing of this. See, I look like a guy you should ask a question to because I start my email. I'm just kidding with ask. Uh, no, I appreciate that, man. I hope that's. I hope I'm hope i the guy to ask because I think you guys feel comfortable and safe asking me questions. You know, I'm not going to make fun of you for what you're asking. Uh, everybody starts somewhere. Everybody's, you know, it's funny. Some of my favorite questions are some of the people who are way smarter than me at, in the guitar industry, but there's a little hole in something they, they didn't learn and they ask me that. And, I, and I understand that because there's things like that happen to me all the time. I I feel like I'm very versed in all these subjects and all of a sudden something happens and I'm like, how do I not know that this whole time? That one piece that seemed important. So back to Dan and his problems. Uh, basically he's saying that he, uh, wants to know what I think of the website. Uh, and he wants to thank me for taking time out of my day for answering emails. Um, In the case of the website, here's here's what I can give you, uh, Dan, advice. So I'm going to give you some cool advice, and then I'm going to give some advice to everyone else. So let me start with the everyone else advice. The first thing, advice I'm going to give to everyone that's watching, especially this new, like Dan. He's starting at 45 years old. The question I get all the time is like, hey, I'm 55, is it too late to start? I'm 65, is it too late to start? And here's my answer, and I want you to know this, and I'm telling this for Dan, too. What I believe is that for every decade, it gets harder to learn guitar. So it's harder to learn guitar at 45 than it was at 35. It's harder at 55 than 45. You get the math, right? Harder at 65 than 55. Hey, it's harder at 35 than 25. It's definitely harder at 25 than 15. So what I'm saying is, is that the longer you wait to learn guitar, the harder it is going to be. But the good news is it's easier than it's going to be if you wait any longer, (laughs) right? So keep that in mind. Um, And there's nothing wrong with something being hard. Enjoy and love the frustration of learning guitar. If you can do that, if you can master like everybody, look, don't listen. A lot of these, a lot of these people out there on the internet, they like to, they like to critique everybody's playing. That's, that's BS, right? Any artistic form, the internet's fun. Cause it gives us everybody, right? It gives us uh, all kinds of levels of players. Okay. What I will tell you is this, if you can truly find joy in learning guitar, you will always be fine. Okay. The truth is is that very few uh, guitar players and i mean very few percentage-wise right no matter what they think more 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 guitar players think they're great than actually are great let's be very clear on that um and uh a lot of the the best guitar players they're rarities when you hear those truly amazing guitar players that's why what that's what's funny to me when you see a guitar player and you're average and they and they're average you know you've heard that style of playing this a thousand times it's not bad. It's just average. The truly great players, they, they get to a point and it's amazing. Okay. And they probably believe for the most part, they should keep practicing. But for the rest of us schlubs, we just keep practicing, right? (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I don't know why that would make sense in this analogy, but I'm going to say it. It's basically love practicing because you're going to be doing it a long time. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. There you go. So there, uh, so, so Dan, there's my advice. Keep, uh, love practicing. And that's the thing on your age now back to your, uh, to your jam And here's what I'll give you some suggestions on that. I know when you're new, you're very insecure about what decisions you're making, whether or not they're right. And it's nice to have some affirmation from someone who's got some experience. So I'm sure that's why you asked me about the guitar. And I'm sure that's why you asked me about the lessons. Um, On the Jam Play Forum, here's what I'll tell you about success and lessons, and this is the good part. There's two things that I think you need to know about lessons, whether they're online or personal lessons, and if you know these two things, I think you'll do very well. First, Understand when you have success. So success in lessons is anything that motivates you to play. If you play guitar, you will improve. I'm not saying you'll improve fast. And I'm not saying that if you're playing guitar versus practicing, that's, that's as good. It's not. But if you are inspired every day, every week to pick up your instrument and play and learn, you are doing great. Okay. That is the first thing. Uh, And I mean that beyond the excuses, because even if you're like, well, I play all the time, except for when the kids are crying or uh, taxes are due. Look, I I, I can tell you this. I play guitar, even when it's the last thing I should be doing. (laughs) I'm not saying that's good. I'm not giving you that's good advice, but I'm letting you know that's who I am as a player. I, I literally will play guitar when I should be doing something else because I'm so drawn to the instrument. I've been drawn to it every day of my life, looking at them, playing with them, working with on them. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm drawn to the instrument. I'm not saying you should be that bad, but you should have a percentage of that. Okay. So if you're do, if you're drawn to the instrument, you're playing it, then the system that you're using, whether it's private lessons, online lessons, whatever it's working. Okay. So don't overthink that. Don't worry about how, how you progress if you're feeling like sometimes you're not progressing, that's normal. Okay. And again, as long as you're picking up and playing, you're, you're going to be fine. Okay. Now, if you, there's a time though, where maybe too much time has gone by and you haven't progressed. And that's when you want to go to my second thing. The second thing is don't ever feel that like, cause you invested time and money into something that you're stuck with it. And what I mean by that is wh- whoever your lesson program is, whether it's this online lesson entity, or it's a, uh, you know, um, Uh, you know, private lessons or whatever. If it's not working, in other words, you don't feel like it's not jiving. It's not connecting. You're not advancing. But a lot of people make this horrible mistake. And a lot of players will go, yes, but I've been with this program. I should see it through. You're right. There's nothing wrong with seeing something through, but there's also nothing wrong with seeing when the, the, the system itself is no longer giving you dividends, right? So it's time to move on. And I love this story. And I'm going to share it with you. It's a true story. Those are the best uh, for me to, to illustrate points because it uh, happened. Um, you know, obviously in the lesson academy, I had a student coming in and the student came in and he was going to his teacher and he was doing fine. And then I noticed all of a sudden when he was prepping for lessons to go into his lessons, you could just see he wasn't advancing. And so I got that vibe, you know, the vibe that you're like, he's not advancing. I wonder if everything's okay. And I said to him, I said, how's it going? He's like, good. And I said, you picking up the guitar every day and you playing it, you having fun. And I was trying to, you know, kind of gauge him. And he was like, eh, not so much anymore. And I, and I, I saw what it was. He's just not getting what he needs from the teacher. There's a burnout, had nothing to do with the teacher. The teacher was fantastic teacher. So what I did is I gave him a little lie and the little lie was, I said, Hey, I have this teacher and he's great. I'd like you to take a lesson with him." And I said, but he's not going to charge you. I'm not going to charge you for the lesson. Just take the lesson. It's to help him out and help you out just to, he gets a little training on, on a, on a student and you'll get another perspective. So he agreed to do it. The next week he went to that teacher. He came out of the lesson room and he goes, man, that was great. He goes, would it be a problem if I switched to this new teacher? And I said, no, you know how I got you into that teacher? I said, I will get another student into your old teacher and everything will work out fine. The teachers will keep booked and everything's fine. And maybe one day you'll wanna go back to your old teacher. The reason I did that was not to obviously take a student from one teacher and give it to another. I was trying to do the best by the student. And so what I'm saying is, is that uh, I was doing what sometimes, unfortunately, without something like this, my intervention in that scenario, you're gonna have to do for yourself you're not seeing progression, if you're not feeling inspired, if it's not talking to you in a way that you need it to, right, then it's time to, regardless of how much you paid for the program, regardless of what's going on, you need to look at other avenues because at the end, all you're going to really care about in the end is how well you do. So I hope that advice is uh, somewhat useful. Before we go on, a couple things to announce. Uh, First, I'm wearing a chrome Know Your Gear shirt. I'd like to thank everybody who got these. These were limited edition chrome Know Your Gear shirts. Really cool. There was a huge debacle with these, by the way. They sent the wrong ones, and uh, we ended up working with them, and they sent everybody replacements. Everybody got two shirts for the price of one. They got the gray one and then the chrome one, so that was cool. But the reason I'm telling you that is because you guys really, really kept requesting it, so we did it. Uh, My wife was nice enough to do it. Uh, We have hats. We have white ones and black ones. They're in the link down below, and uh, it's a good time to mention that because uh, buying merch is a way to support this channel. Terry's got a question. He says, Hey Phil, I love the show. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate you saying that. This is a recently bought a 1974 Bronco amp. Now, he's talking about the Fender Bronco amp that was introduced in 1967. It was a student amplifier, and it was made to go along with the student Bronco guitar. Now, the interesting thing is it did have tremolo, but this is not to be confused with the later version Bronco amp that was solid state made in the early 90s to early 2000s that was tweed, but both were made in the USA, and currently, Fender is making a Bronco bass amp. It crackles when using the built-in tremolo. Uh-huh. Well, it is 46 years old. I crackle also. Uh, this is going to get a cheesier, cheesier show. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. This is not how, it's not how we run things around here. It says, it gets very hot. <laughs> uh, it gets very hot if I use it for any length of time. Uh, okay. Well, that's, that's, it's, I mean, it's an old amp and they get hot. Um, temperature wise, hot is not the problem. Extremely hot is the problem. So be aware of that. There's a difference between, wow, I'm feeling the heat come off the, the back of this amp versus the whole amp itself feels like it's going to melt. Um, also the volume goes up and down on its own. That's, because uh, that's you have ghosts, my friend, actually your amp's fine. So Terry, what you need is an exorcist, not an amp tech. Uh, I hate to tell you that. I'm just kidding. Uh it says I've sent emails out to local shops, but no one has responded. Any suggestions? Terry, that's because they don't care. Um, probably because um they don't care. That is, you know what? I, I i I hear that all the time. What's nice is that's what's made uh these QA things kind of fun for you guys and for me, is because in a situation like now where I'm I basically made make content off of your guys' questions. It's great. You get your questions answered and I get content out of it. And we, hopefully we, we have a a symbiotic relationship that way. But yeah, I understand a lot of, a lot of businesses are not going to look at this as any kind of financial gain. I think smart businesses should look at every potential customer as potential, but not everybody's going to think like that. says, I, uh, I do, I do my own tech work on guitars and change tubes. No problem. But I know these old amps can be tricky and somewhat dangerous. Um, If you don't know your gear, thanks for any help. You're absolutely true. It's absolutely true. First of all, yes, even with the amp unplugged, uh, if there is any electricity stored up in those capacitors and you touch one, it's going to hurt, uh, die who knows, (laughs) I mean, right? I don't know. Uh, you could either way, it doesn't matter, right? Whether it just uh, lights your fillings up in your teeth and gives you a bad day or takes you out permanently either way, I'd say, let's avoid it. Um, so back to your amp. First thing that we have to note is this, Uh, you wouldn't, uh, I want to give you an analogy on that makes a whole lot of sense. You wouldn't buy, if you bought a 1974 car, Unless the person had just rebuilt it out and tricked it all out and just did all that work to it, you would understand that you're buying a car that's going to need a lot of refurbishing, right? No car uh, that's 46 years old is probably pristine, right? For the most part. Same with this amplifier. It's just, it has nothing to do with how much it's used or not used. The caps dry up, so they need to be replaced. Uh, you probably got bad tubes, so that's probably what the volume dropping and going up is. Although, if it's not the tubes, the volume can be dropping and go up because there's other components in there that are shorted out, worn out, old, rusted. That uh, you know, those things can happen. Uh, the, the what I'm getting to is, regardless of what the problems on the amp is, I would say if you're going to buy a 1974, a 46 year old amplifier of any kind right now, I would say the first thing, unless you bought it from somebody who just had it. Uh, documented serviced, have it serviced. Take it to someone and have it serviced. Um, And that's why I'm not a big vintage guy, by the way. You know, people talk about this all the time. You know, hey, what do you think of vintage guitars and stuff? I think, well, the first thing you get when you do with them is you got to work on them. And the thing about vintage guitars and amps that suck is that you need to work on them to get them to work. And if you work on, them, they devalue. It's a really catch 22. I don't enjoy it. And that's why some channels and some people out there and some uh, shops really into vintage gear. I love that they're in vintage gear. Uh, and I, and I appreciate it to some degree. And I do enjoy a lot of it, but to me, a lot of times it's just work. This amp sounds like a little bit of work, but if you like the amp, you should, have it serviced and take it to a, a place that, uh, and again, don't send them emails, don't ask them questions. Uh, here's what's gonna happen. I believe that if you if there was an amp guru uh, channel that was answering questions like this about amps problems all the time, they would probably tell you all the things that need to be replaced in the amp and then finish with, but then you should take it in and have it serviced if you don't wanna do it yourself. Uh, in this case, you could do all this yourself. I would. Uh, you could watch some videos on how to service the amps and uh, learn to do it. An amp is a dangerous thing But, uh, if you take the right precautions, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. Uh, but that's on you. The onus is on you to decide how, how, how you want to proceed. Me personally, I would, uh, I would either have it serviced or I would sell it off and let it, let the next guy, uh, decide if he wants to pay to have it serviced. Here's the last one. This one is from Wesley. Wesley says, Hey, Phil. A fairly new guitar player here and your channel has been super helpful for me, helpful for me in learning about the cool guitar stuff out there. I came across this guitar on Amazon the other day. I always chuck when I hear Amazon because I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this ain't gonna be good. Uh, And I was thinking, uh, this is too good to be true. See, he's thinking like me. It already sounds too good to be true. As soon as you see Amazon, you're like, this is not gonna be in well. Uh, It's a cheap PRS style guitar in green burst for about $170. That doesn't sound crazy. The, the price doesn't sound crazy so far. It says, I love green, it's my favorite color. Guitars, uh, I, I love green guitars. I don't see them very often. This is true. Um, let's take a look at the link. And yeah, I never recognized this brand before. It shows it's out of stock. What's interesting about this guitar is it looks exactly like the Harley Benton. First of all, Harley Benton makes a PRS uh, looking guitar that's green. It's really cool. They shipped one to me to review and it got damaged. In fact, the neck was cracked and I had to fix the neck. Um, it was a horrible, uh, situation because it was damaged in shipping. They shipped it. So, uh, Harley, Benton, T- Tomin, uh, would have to file the insurance claim. They didn't. Um, so there was no, and they didn't seem to want to replace the guitar. So I just had the guitar. Um, I didn't want to waste an instrument and I didn't feel like reviewing a guitar that had a broken neck, so I repaired the neck. I actually fixed the neck, and um, which sucked because I generally would charge $125, $150 to fix something like what I did. And of course, I just did it. And then um, I put it in the corner because I wasn't sure what to do with it. And then my wife one day asked me, she said, um, There's a kid that, a friend of ours, a kid that needs a guitar, and she's like, could he have that green guitar? And I said, sure, that's the one that came damaged, and I fixed the neck. And then my wife's like, well... She's like, "Okay, I'll take care of it." So she I don't know if she gave the guitar away or if she, you know, sold it for 50 bucks to kind of cuz I remember her saying something in the effect of, you know, you should get paid for the work you put into it, kind of deal. Um, but I was trying to get Harley Benton to swap or do something like that. They weren't interested. So I never got to review the guitar. But besides the damage good, from shipping, the guitar was fantastic. Um, it was really impressive. I believe Shane in the Blues actually reviewed one and he gave it a really good review, I think. And uh I would agree with that because my assessment with a crack in the neck, was already I was already impressed. I think it's like 169 to 189. So um, I would recommend that guitar, Wesley, uh, for sure. It's a brand that you're familiar with. You obviously know you're getting it from a trusted source and not some weird seller on Amazon. Uh, you, it pretty much ships anywhere in the world as far as I know they should be able to ship yours without damage, right? Everybody else seems to get guitars without damage. Um, that one just came damaged to me. So that's the sad thing I've, so far I've reviewed an acoustic from Harley Benton, a, uh, a, um, electric, one electric guitar and then one, um, uh, cabinet. And, um, unfortunately, you know, like I said, that guitar was damaged. So, um, uh, but I would still recommend it based on what I, and like I said, it's green. It's everything you just said. It's green. It's 170 bucks. It's cool. In fact, like I said, I, I think it's better than, well, I think it's as good as the SEs. When I was comparing it, that's what bummed me out. I had an SE, I had a perfect time to review those two guitars together. I had an SE and I had the Harley Benton. And I thought, let's compare them. And my, uh, my initial feeling was they were almost on par with each other the way they felt. Of course, you'd have to do an AB the sound, um, but there you go. I have some cool announcements, and the first announcement is Ben Crow from Crimson Guitars. Crimson Guitars is a company over in England that builds guitars, teaches people how to build guitars, and has an amazing YouTube channel. And they reached out and asked me if I would be one, if I was interested in being part of this uh, challenge. Uh, And it's called The Great, uh, The Great something. What's it called? The Great, it's not here. (laughs) I don't know what it's called. Ah, The Great Guitar Build-Off. Uh, of 2020 uh, charity kit guitar building competition. What is it? What does that mean? It means that basically they've asked a bunch of people luthiers YouTube channels uh, Everybody from Dan at guitars and guns Tamar. I don't know her channel, but I know she does like woodworking and all kinds of this stuff I'll have to check out her channel Matt Flaherty from Texas toast I'm sure you guys are familiar with Texas toast guitars, uh, of course, Ben Crow and uh, Brad and and again, I've seen a few of his videos too. very very good stuff And uh, basically what happens is you get to pick a kit. Uh, there's four kits it's a Strat, a Tele, a PRS style, and a Gibson Les Paul style. I did their uh, Telecaster kit. I'll put a link in the description. I did the what's called the Beercaster with that. And uh, so this time I picked the PRS kit. So what's exciting about this? Well, um, we're going to build the guitars and film that for you guys. And then the guitars will go for auction for a charity we choose. I chose uh, Guitars for Vets because it's a charity I've worked with in the past. It's near and dear to my heart. And uh, I just wanted to do that. So that'd be great. And then what's great is uh, if you decide you want to do a kit or be a part of this or buy any of their tools, uh, they gave us a discount code link for you guys uh, Know Your Gear 10. The number 10 is the discount code. I'll put a link to that in the description below. You get 10% off anything you buy from them. But uh, a piece, a percentage, a small percentage of that also gets kicked back to me, which is nice because that'll subsidize some of the uh, costs with doing the charity build. So for instance, you know, they're supplying the kits and some other stuff, and I'm sure there's a few things I'll have to buy here and there. That's not a problem. But if you guys end up uh, supporting them, you're end up supporting me doing this charity build. And, uh, and maybe if you guys go crazy and then make a little extra money, I'll have a pizza party. Remember when you were kids and you would do charity stuff and then the best class got a pizza party? Maybe I'll get a pizza. Party out of the deal. So, um, just letting you guys know about that. That's really cool, especially uh, the viewers that are over in Europe. I get that question a lot. You know, hey, you say, hey, look, you guys uh, always email me and say, you know, I like the Stu Mac tools. Uh, and they said, but the shipping to Europe is really expensive. I always send back, Hey, you should check out Crimson Guitars, um, tools because I also like them very much. Uh, and, um, they, they're right there in your, your side of the pond, so to speak. But what's great is hopefully I'll get a chance to check out some more Crimson tools and maybe do some shootout videos with them and Stu Mac and, uh, maybe give some highlights of what I like about each one or or what I find interesting about each one. But that's a really cool thing, and it's a very cool thing uh, to be asked to do. I'm very excited about that. And I have a little challenge for you guys, uh, although I can't see you. I don't know if you know that. I, I mean, I could see you a little bit, but that's about it. Um, anyways, uh, if you decide to get a kit and you want to be part of this too with me, uh, just uh, get the kit. Email me at askknowyourgear@gmail.com at gmail.com with the subject, uh, the guitar build, right? The, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? It's called, should probably tell you so you know what to put in the subject matter. You have to put the great guitar build so I know what you're talking about. Let me know that you got a kit and that you're going to be doing it and we'll maybe exchange photos back and forth and stuff and, and be part of that. I, I, maybe, you know, who knows? And I would be willing to uh, uh, to support you back by maybe if you have any questions, I'll throw some, some answers back and we can quick, I can fast track you through my email system. Now, if you want to be part of this, this is the non-live show, and I want to start sprinkling the live and the online show, live QAs. Uh, it's super easy to send a question to askknowyourgear at gmail.com. And uh, if I uh, pick your uh, email, uh, you'll be on the show. That how that, that's how it works. I don't know what you get out of that, but you get something. I'll let me know your guys' thoughts on all of these subjects that we talked about today. As always, uh, this is uh, I enjoy you guys so much. I want to thank the patrons for supporting this. I want to thank you guys supporting it by downloading or streaming it on on podcast or watching it on YouTube. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for your time. Till the next time, know your gear.